0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary, and I'm here as always with my friend and my
1: colleague and my co-host, Ross Ferguson. How are you, brother? I'm doing really well. One of the things I was going to ask you because yeah. we're we're both kind of on this journey to self-control over food and health <laughs> okay. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, do you have a snack drawer at home? No. Okay. Nor...
0: Well, there's a basket
1: with some stuff in yeah. it, but yeah. So we have kind of something for the kids, but but okay. we don't really use it. W- what is hard, though, is there is a snack drawer at work. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. I'm not talking like a little drawer yeah. under a desk. I'm talking like a big drawer full of snacks. Yeah. And it gets refilled every kind of couple of months. And it sits right next to my desk, like literally right next to it. And I have to daily, daily be going, nope. No, I literally look yeah. at the drawer and go, no, nope. I have to like talk to myself yeah. to not do it. And it was, it was funny. I was sitting in this podcast room and I've had no cravings for snacks because there's okay. literally nothing, there's nothing in this see. room and it's dawned yeah. on me. I'm talking to a piece of wood <laughs> at work. Get behind me. Get behind drawer. me, snack drawer. But it was, it was just one of those things I was thinking like, it's, I can't really ask all my colleagues to get rid of these snacks. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe I need to put like a verse or, or something on the maybe drawer or so. something like yeah, I, younger men be self-controlled, Titus 2-6, like stick yeah, it on the I've drawer. never been a big, I mean, there's things I like, you know, ice cream and things that
0: I guess I would be tempted by. Around the holidays, yeah. it'll get difficult because there's just stuff around They're the everywhere. house, pies and things yeah. that'll just be there. Normally, I'm not a snacky person. Okay. For me, it's at mealtime, just eating too much or eating things that I, you know. I mean, again, the I guess a, the treat for me, like if I'm driving home or something, yeah. I would like, oh, a shake would be great or oh, a, an ice yeah. cream would be great. But just around the house, no. not a huge snacker. And now we've got, there are some things that I can have that yeah. are okay. Like like I can do pork rinds. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, terrible for the plan I'm doing. But no, yeah. the What's the your, snack uh, thing's just not really what's your favorite deal. ice cream? My favorite ice cream. Uh-huh. So it has to be Blue Bell. Yeah. And it has
1: to be Cookies and Cream. Okay.
0: Their Cookies and Cream is just off the charts good. There's big chunks <laughs> of Oreos in there. So I, I
1: love it. I really like, again, there's a Scottish one I like. Okay. And, and an American one. I like Mackey's Ice Cream. So Mackey's, Mackey's Ice Cream in Scotland is like the best ice cream in Scotland. Okay. So Mackey's Vanilla. So mm. put that on top of like... I do like Blue Bell Vanilla Bean. I okay. Like that, yeah. uh, and then my other one is Ben & Jerry's Fish Food. Yeah, I don't like the hard. I've had fish food. I like the like for, for the fish and ice cream. I, Miriam and I. So this is this is. Yeah. This I don't is like chocolate chips and ice cream. It's like gravel. This it's is the like, you know? like confessional. For the last, like I've known Miriam sixteen plus years now. How we dated, how we were yeah. engaged, and how we were married. It always involved a Ben and Jerry's small tub of fish food ice cream, two spoons, and just eating out of the tub. <laughs> and the rule was, if you see the fish that's your fish okay and if if you go for the obvious fish when it's your turn yeah. you're stealing the other fish so like when you have the tub you got to dig around and find the fish and then hand it back oh my um, that that is our uh that's our marriage yeah, ben and jerry's from vermont we live when we lived in vermont i got into ben and
0: jerry's and maple blondie was like a limited edition thing that they did mm-hmm. it was really good i like their milk and cookies which I never see in the store. But if you go to the Ben & Jerry's shops, Mm. they'll have milk and cookies, which is good. See, now I'm craving something. (laughs) Yeah, it got me hungry now, and I brought juice for lunch. That's my lunch, is Uh, is juice. Speaking of food, I want to resurrect a beef. Okay. So we went out last night, Becky and I did, with Deacon James Mm -hmm. from our church. What good name, Deacon James. Deacon James and and Amy, Miss Amy. Soon-to-be Mr. and Mrs. Mm. Deacon James, Lord willing. So the engaged couple, we went out to dinner with them to a movie, but we went out to dinner and it drives me nuts <laughs> when the server doesn't write down the order. Yep. It creates an anxiety in me I cannot (laughs) explain. So she walks up the waitress and, can we say that anymore? Do we say waitress? Well,
1: you just said it. Wait, wait, person. No, waitress. Don't say wait, person. Server, I think they say, which to me doesn't sound, how is that more correct than. There's a second beef in this actual beef.
0: (laughs) Yeah, anyway, the server, waitress, wait, person came to the table, took our, there's four of us. And we're ordering, aside from James, who's just like linguine. That's what he wanted. He just ordered linguine. It comes as it comes. Amy, Becky, and myself, we order like a dish where you order a meal and then you pick two sides. We each have two sides. So we're saying we want, but we're also moving things around. So I noticed mashed potatoes isn't a side, but there's a special that night that has mashed potatoes as a side. So I'm asking, can I get this meal but have the mashed potatoes as one of my sides? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, she, and she's just smiling the whole time. Each person says what they want, and she smiles and takes their menu. And I'm like, in, in my heart, I'm just knowing this is not going to go well. And then she walks away, and I say to the table, it stresses me out when they don't write it yeah. down. I know they're it's supposed to be impressive, Yep. but the level of impressed that I get when it's right – is nowhere near the level of disappointment I get when it's wrong. You know what will impress me is you write it down and, and you, you, you bring it, right, and yeah. it's right, and it and that's fine. I don't, like, when you walk away, I don't go, it's amazing that yeah. she's going to have that in her brain. No, I am just now have a low-grade anxiety until the food comes. And my order was not correct. Of course. Of course, never. it was incorrect.
1: Well, so you think you've got a hard life. <laughs> Try, I didn't say that. Try, <laughs> try having a waitress, oh, okay. waiter, w- server, person <laughs> who doesn't write it down and also has no clue what you're saying because your accent is different. <laughs> and you think this is ridiculous because yeah. we both speak English. But the amount of places that them and I have been to yeah. where they just look at me and I've said it and you can tell it's not registered. <laughs> it's not and we, I say this like if you go out with a meal with our family and I order and, and I say this every single time, folks you're probably not going to get what you what i said because <laughs> they don't have a clue what i'm saying and yeah. without fail something is always wrong because they don't know what i say we went out with six or seven students and to to get ice cream we had just been on a big walk went and got ice cream and i repeated my order Five times. <laughs> what was the order? Uh, I don't know. Cookies and cream cup fiction or something like that. I mean, I understand what you said. Yeah, but the guy had oh, no clue. And to the point where I said it, he finally put the order in. I turned around and like this whole group of students behind me are kind of like giving me that look of, should we just leave? <laughs> and he got my order wrong. Of like, course. So here's the thing. You've got one beef. Add to that beef, <laughs> the that, accent. so and I always order <laughs> drinks without ice because I don't don't like ice in my drinks. Okay, and it always comes with ice, and I always think your memory can't be that bad because I'm like one of few people right. that don't want ice. You looked at me weird when I said it, so you should remember it. Right. So I think we both have beefs on this. <laughs> I, if you're
0: a wait person, server, waitress, waiter, listening, we have a lot of listeners, so there's got to be somebody it's who works be somebody. in the service yeah. industry, food industry. Write it down. I'm sure you remember. I'm sure you're the one but person us. who gets it 100% right. But even if you're that person, when you don't write it down, you're giving your customers anxiety. <laughs> you, you walk away and they're thinking, what if it's wrong? What am I going to do? Yeah. How do I, you know? And you may say, well, no one ever tells me. I didn't tell the waitress that she got my order wrong. Yeah. It, it was not a significant enough thing. I mean, the, the it was a side that was wrong. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can eat this side. I'm not going to make them, you know, take it back or whatever. Yeah. So as far as she knew, she nailed it. (laughs) And probably every time she gets it wrong, nobody says anything. Unless you just like totally blew it, you know. But if you get something aspect of it wrong, most people are just going to be like, all right, I'll just eat what's here. So you may think you're doing really well, and you're really not. When what I'm saying is, write it down. When you write it down, there is a level of comfort that washes over (laughs) me. And we should probably move on because we've been bantering for nine minutes (laughs) now. Hey, we're talking about doing life Together. And I'm actually titling the episode in the form of a question. Can we mm. do life together? That phrase, do life together, is, I don't know, some people hate it. Some people make fun of it. They, it's a cliche. Yeah. But we still haven't figured it out, at least in the West. <laughs> like, how can it be a cliche yeah. when we don't actually experience it? The experience of community. Mm. We go to church together. Yep. We have church membership. But What does it mean, what does it look like to actually have, for lack of a better
1: phrase, another cliche, life-on-life community with each other? I definitely think this is a Western world issue. Um, So so we know a lot of different people from around the world, and they're always quite shocked when they come to the UK, the US, of how individualistic our lives are. You know, I even know someone on campus that finds it weird that they don't have 10 people around for dinner every night because that's what you do. You just turn up. You don't phone. You just turn up. Hey, what's cooking? And you just eat together. So I think this is a Western culture, individualistic lifestyle. I didn't understand that by the way. I got to get your order wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I do think it's a Western world issue. And and here's here's what we're kind of getting at is we've got formal church membership. So thinking about a Christian setting, formal church membership. We go to church members meetings, we have community meals, we have a community group, you know, we go to prayer meetings, we do evangelism together, we might have a VBS, we teach Sunday school. Do you know we do things, but we're not actually living our lives together. And you know how you know this is because it's on your calendar as an event. Like I'm doing something with church rather than a just active life thing. Church is always happening. I'm always around the people. It's, it's just part of the way we live. We're yeah. together. And I think we're missing something in the Western world when we live like that. Uh, I think we're missing what I think the early church had. I think we read this in Acts. They're in their homes together, breaking bread all the time, meeting with one another. They didn't come for the church event, quote, once a week. They actually lived together every day. So in some sense, we've done rediscovering scripture. We we did an episode on that. We did rediscovering prayer. I think we did an episode on that. I almost want to rediscover what it means to be a church family. Hmm. What does that look like? Titus 2 talks about older women, older men, younger women, younger men, children. It's got the whole spectrum there. So in Titus 2, Paul is commanding Titus to command this of his church. So there's an expectation that all these individuals are needed. All these individuals are wanted. All these individuals are in the church. So how do we bring them all together and actually live as a family? as mother, father, brother, sister. I want to explore that today. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you put your finger on it there for a
0: second, just with the word family, because I think we're good at using familial language, but not actually thinking of ourselves as being brothers and sisters. And brothers and sisters live down the hall from each other. And even if you're not living with other church members, although, you know, we've got a number of church members who you know, have other members yeah. who are renting a room in their home or just yeah. living with them because they're between places or whatever. Even if you're not living in the same home, the sense of like, we're sharing the hallway with each other. Usually when we just say, oh, it's a family of God. Yeah. You know, hey, brother. Hey, you know, yeah. that's the, we're seeing each other at the events. Yeah. But that's not how a family actually, yeah. there's, there's access. Yep. So whatever that looks like structurally, and it'll look probably different for different families and different people and different. You know, church members. There's a level of access. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll give you a funny example. So, our friend Ed Romine, yep. a dear brother. Well, before I really knew Ed, all I knew about Ed was that Ed liked to message me yeah. on you know social media. And at some point, this was—I mean, this was years ago—but Ed asked for my phone number. Mm-hmm. Like, Could I have your phone number, brother? And I was thinking, how do I not give this guy my phone number? Because I don't want everyone to have my phone number. <laughs> I get enough text messages as it is, and this guy messages me enough that I don't. And I, you know, I talked to our pastor at the time. Mm. I think it's okay if I don't give him my phone number. He's like, oh, yeah, he'll understand, et cetera. So I came up with some reason. I was like, hey, you, you know, Ed, you can always contact me in these other routes, you know. But you know, you don't need my phone number. And Ed replied, and he said, brother, I don't think that's appropriate. We're members of the same church, like. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I was properly convicted. Mm. His reply, you know, chastened me. He wasn't mean, he wasn't rude, he yeah. wasn't angry, but he basically was just saying, like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Like we're <laughs> we're not just brothers in Christ, like, you know, we're members of the same church. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I mean, well, first of all, practically he could have just looked up my number on Breeze or whatever yeah. the church membership thing is. But I thought, he's right. I'm trying to, Mm. like, live a cloistered existence because of some idea of, like, oh, I'm a big deal. And I don't want everyone to have my number because I'm going to get, you know, the peons are going to be trying to text me (laughs) and et cetera. And if you're listening to this, please don't ask me for my phone number. um, (laughs) I gave Ed my phone number. And, of course, Ed is the most encouraging person, like, I've met in my entire life. So he messages me, and it's always like, how can I pray for you, brother? How can Like, why would I want to shut this door? Why did I not want Ed to have access? But even so— it was a lesson to me about the kind of access yeah. that brothers and sisters should have, whether you're close enough to have an open door. That's one mm. thing I think you're sort of touching on. Like when you're yeah. in proximity, it's not—I mean, when I was in Vermont, it was a pop-in culture. Yeah. I came from suburban Nashville, which was not. Nope you leave your house through the garage in your car, you go to work, you come back home, you go into your garage, close the thing, you sit on in your backyard, which is fenced in on your private deck in the afternoon. You're not even really a community member, much yeah. less a church member in the sense of community. And Vermont was not like that. People yeah. are stopping by constantly. They're not calling ahead. They're not saying, hey, you got time at 1 p.m. They're just driving by, let me see, you yeah. know, if pastor's in, you know, and they're knocking on the door. They're looking in the window, you know, those sorts of things, even when you're in your underwear getting your haircut. And <laughs> it, true story. There's all these sorts of things. And I, and most of us just don't have that Damn. experience. So how do we what would be your suggestions for cultivating so it, that mindset, honest,
1: especially in suburban environments? It's so I have a fairly easy approach to this, okay, which is just invite people into your life.
0: Okay, all it's, right.
1: It, and and it is for me that simple. So Take any day, any given day, and just in that day, think, how can I be involving other church members into this life? So for Miriam and I, we have three kids. They head off to school in the morning. We have to go to the store to get groceries. We're studying. We have to eat. Everybody has to eat. So there's going to be meals during the day, usually activities at nighttime. Sunday's the same. We've got some spare time. We have a nap here. You know, There's things during our day. And I'm just asking myself, how could I involve other people into this? And and who would I love for yeah. my kids to know? So here's an example. On Sunday, uh, and this is something we've been doing a lot more, we invited, I think we had maybe 13, 15 people in our house. We went for a big walk on campus together with them, arrived back at our house, I think it was just before 4 o'clock. I was due to leave at 4.30. So there was a kind of hint of I'm leaving because I'm actually heading to our pastoral training center. So I'm I'm out everybody stayed and so there was the idea of they had chats they were just chilling out together our kids were showing them some games that they're they're getting into and then somebody just said hey do you want some pizza sure so somebody ordered some pizza and people ate pizza together yeah. and it was just this kind of natural flow and here's here's how that happened we as a family always go for a walk on sunday so we just invited people to that we as a family always have dinner together on a sunday so we just invited people to that We as a family kind of split on Sunday nights because I often go to different things and Miriam looks after the kids. So we just invited people to help Miriam look after the kids that night. The previous Sunday, we did a walk, we did a meal and then... On a previous episode I mentioned, cool Ashley came and looked after our kids (laughs) to allow me to go and do other things. You just start involving people. And here's the thing, when you start doing that, you start also being part of their lives as well. So they start telling you things, oh, I'm dating so-and-so, or I'm going to this meal, or I'm a bit stressed about those things. And then when those things come up during the week, you start inviting yourself into their lives. Yeah. Hey, how did that go? Yeah, right. I, I remember you hey, saying- today was the day you had that meeting. And exactly. That, yeah. mm-hmm. And Oh, I was really stressed. You want some coffee? I'll grab a coffee. I've got a quick hour. And what you start finding is your life no longer actually has space for you just to have that individual time. You actually have to diarize, calendarize some individual time <laughs> and you go the yeah. opposite way. This is so much easier as a family. There's five of us, kids are all over the place, lots of things going on. I think this is a lot harder for those that are single because they feel like they're having to push their way into a family life, which is why I think it's as simple as, if you can, wherever you can, think this. How can I invite other people into this? Yeah, I think
0: it's somewhat rare for single people to invite people over. They're usually yeah. waiting to be invited. To be invited and, to and, and we should. I mean, you know, you should invest in the single yeah. people in your life. To your, you know, previous point and connected to this point as well, it's Thursday when we're recording this. It means there's Thursday night football, which yep. is yep. sort of a holiday every week for, <laughs> for Becky and I. There's usually chili on the stove. We got chili on the stove. We got football on TV. We know people who like yeah. football and would people like chili. So we yeah. have a single lady coming over this evening yeah. to watch the football game with us and to have mm-hmm. chili with us invite single people into your home but single
1: people like you can invite yeah. people over to your house I mean it, and your house doesn't have to be impressive yeah no and no no you, a meal doesn't have to be I always say this to people yeah. whatever you were planning don't plan new things just do what you were planning if you yeah. were planning to have chips and dip while watching the football invite other people for chips and dip do you know and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those things like our apartment can sit maybe six or seven adults comfortably. We had nearly 15. People were uncomfortable <laughs> physically because there's not yeah. a lot of space, but they want to be there they because the out. company is stronger. And I think get, get really creative about this. I've actually wrote this down. Think about all the things you're doing today. If you need to go to the groceries and go and get some groceries, do you know anybody else that would need some help doing that? Anyone that doesn't have a car or doesn't get a chance to go to a big store every so often, take somebody with you. If you're going for a walk, just message a few people that might live close. Hey, I'm planning to be here. Turn up if you want to. I'll wait five minutes if you don't. You know, meet up for coffees. My kids had a. I'm going to bring this up because you you guys actually cried off it. Uh, my kids had a, a little piano recital um, and <laughs> cried uh, off it. What does that mean? We didn't go. You didn't go. Okay, that's a phrase. I believe we day. had a conflict. You did have a conflict. <laughs> not 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 between each other. No no no. Uh, we had a so, calendar conflict. But, yes, yes, yes. but my kids. Are, are, we just asked the kids. Hey, you're going to do this little piano recital. Who would you like to invite? And they just give us a list of people. And again, it's that don't change what you're producing in life, you know, grocery shopping, where you live, what you're going to offer as a meal. Just say, hey, friends, family, brother, sister, accept me for who I am. I like chips and dip on Thursday night. Come and join me, you know. And if somebody says, oh, I don't really like chili, but I like football. Do you mind if I... If I bring a Chipotle or something sure, like that. Correct. You know, you just have to be yeah. like, I'm not offended by that. I'm glad they want to come and spend time with me. Sure, bring your own meal type thing. Yeah. And I think if we just, that comes in a community of gospel believers because we know personalities, what we like, what we don't like, all of that is subservient to the gospel has changed our lives. Yeah. We are brothers and sisters. We've been united where the world can't unite these types of people, but we've been united in Christ so I literally can be the character I am, do you know? I can invite people to my home. I have a particular seat I like to sit on when we watch a movie and everybody that comes around knows it, do you know? <laughs> and it's just, and that's yeah. absolutely fine. Okay. And I, I'm gonna say this, as two adults, Miriam and I love it, we're tired by it. Like it, it is tiring to do this, to, mm-hmm. to open up your lives. But when we watch our children experience this, this is incredible. My kids now say, oh, they're an honorary brother. They're Mm -hmm. an honorary sister. And what they're actually saying is they're more than my brother in Christ. They're like my brother. Mm -hmm. And we have several guys on campus that look out for them and ask them questions about school. We had some folks up on Sunday and like one of the guys came and went, hey, I see your Lego. Tell me about your Lego. And immediately it was that familial element that did not start by us just going to church on a Sunday morning. That started with us going, hey, do you want to come for a meal?
0: This is related to what you just said. It's not entirely related to our topic, (laughs) but it reminds me. So when our girls were young, there's something about that age Mm -hmm. of, and I think think it's both boys and girls. Both of us have only girls, but they look up to those who are college age or a little bit older, and when I'm convinced that a huge portion of my daughter's commitment to the faith as young women now who are away from home is not just because we raised them in the church or we raised them as Christian parents, but because they had these role models, they had these big brothers and sisters, particularly in the Liberty Baptist environment, that they could see cool people, not just mom and dad, but cool people that they wanted to be who loved Jesus and loved them and interacted, came into the house and interacted in their lives. And if you're, so if you're listening to this and you have young children Think about investing in young adults in your church, even yeah. if you're not officially doing young adult ministry or yeah. youth ministry or something like that. Find the college students, the 20-somethings that you can invite, the singles that you can invite over for meals mm-hmm. and coffee and those sorts of things to be in your kids' lives yeah. as well. That will
1: help their faith. I know yeah. it's a, that just sounds off topic or it sounds weird, but it will help your oh, kids' faith, I believe. I think that's right on topic because even then pushing that further, grandparents. Do you know, like yeah. I, I have one living grandparent that we that we don't see. My kids have two grandmothers both across a four and a half thousand mile sea. And so the older generation in our church is so needed mm-hmm. for for our family. That comfort of knowing they don't really want anything from me, but they just want to see how life is going. You know, the comfort of being able to go to an older man and going, man, this is this is hard to keep being a dad and a, and a good dad. And I'm saying, you know, I've been praying for you each day. Hey, let me take you out for a meal or whatever type thing. Now, the thing that keeps coming back to my mind when we're talking about this is Acts 2.42 and the fellowship of Mm -hmm. the believers. And the verse that keeps coming back is verse 46. Day by day, attending the temple together. So so that's, if you will, the church ministry. But then it says, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts in their homes and in the temple. This is something we need to kind of almost get over. Church membership is not just in the church building or at church events. It means being my home is your home and we are glad and generous of heart as we eat together. And I think that's the simple thing. If you can't cook, order pizza. If you don't like pizza, ask somebody else to cook. You know, (laughs) It's just, I think we need to get this familial wording into our hearts. Right. Because what we're told in Acts 2.42 is they were glad and generous when that happened. And I think there's there's of course going to be negatives. There's going to be people that might abuse that situation, people that might take too much of your time, people that actually you struggle with, you know, awkward moments. We've had awkward moments where people that were previously dating and they're not dating both turn up to our home at the same time. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these sorts of things. But that mess of life... I would far rather to be in my home with people I love than just kind of out there, do mm-hmm. you know? I, I want to know that we can do that all together. And be as creative as you want. We've taken people for ice cream. We went to Chateau Milk with a few friends here on campus just because the kids really wanted to go and visit that farm. Great, we'll invite a few folks, let's go. Yeah. We, we've been to the zoo with people. We were blessed with a zoo pass, which means we can take adults at friends of ours for $10 each, it's normally like maybe 25, 30. So we just say to people, hey, it's free for us, it costs $10 for you to come, come and join our family. And the more we do that, the more I think we'll see the church blessed mm. because it's less about, hey, how's your week been going? And we fill each other in our week and then we wait till the next week to see each other. We're actually running to church because not only do we get to celebrate Jesus, not only do we get to be refilled back up with the word and and worship, not only do we get to glorify his name, but we get to do it alongside people we love and know deeply. That's a whole new thought of membership, not just responsibility, but we are a family together.
0: Yeah. The question, can we do life together? The answer is yes. Absolutely. The real question is, will we do life yes. together?
1: <laughs> and it's not even how, and it's not even yeah. why. Those those questions yeah. are all easily answered. The will, it's, it's going to take sacrifice early, but that sacrifice quickly becomes glad and generous hearts. So it's almost that in the short term, be willing to take the awkward moments to go out of your way to pick someone up to do a grocery shopping that you could do quicker on your own. Do you know, it's, Yeah. will you take the short-term sacrifice for the long-time gain of a family in the church? Yeah, it's good. Listener, will you do life together?
0: That's the question. If you enjoy the podcast, yes, including even this one, even if we made you uncomfortable.
1: Invite <laughs> 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 us around for a meal. Invite <laughs> us around for a
0: meal. Or you could just give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.